Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon and welcome on this Tuesday, December 6th, the year 2022. Sit back, relax. We're here for the next two hours with my producer, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios as he spins the twos and pushes all the buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette, or also on 1041 in Lake Charles, Louisiana. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area near a television set, pop it on, because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Everything that could possibly go wrong did go wrong for the New Orleans Saints in the final minutes as they drop a stunning 17-16 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night. Now 4-9. and nine, They are done. They are toast. They stink. And what changes are coming, your your guess is as good as mine. But it's it just the typical adage of bad things happen to bad teams. Bad plays happen to bad teams. Dumb plays happen to bad teams. Egregious mistakes, shoddy execution, poor decision-making, questionable coaching calls, and it all led to another Tom Brady last minute, this time last second, heroics. 17-16, the final score. (sighs) Just absolutely mind Boggling, especially when you think of the fact with six minutes and 11 seconds to go, the Saints were up 16 to three. Un- with six minutes to go in the game. Unbelievable. We'll, uh, we'll discuss that ad nauseum. Uh, as we do each and every Tuesday uh, with the Black and Gold Report with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. That's coming up in the uh, second hour. You heard in the two-minute drill that uh, Kayshawn Booty coming back. Now, as I recall, Kayshawn Booty and his girlfriend have a young child. Uh, So this was quite obvious that the word came back from NFL scouts. Dude, you're, you have plummeted down the draft board. Plummeted. You had a very, very substandard year for a guy that was projected to be a top 10 pick. He wasn't going anywhere near the first round. Um, so NIL money will certainly help for this decision to be made. And Kayshawn Booty is coming back to Tigertown. And that's great. That's great. With every good 
comes a bad. And and we'll be monitoring uh, draft eligible play, eligible players like Jaden Daniels, offensive lineman Anthony Bradford, defensive end B.J. Ogjalari, defensive tackle Jaquelin Roy, defensive backs Mekki Gardner and Greg Brooks. Booty's coming back. Jack Besh is heading out the door. He is entering the transfer portal. The former St. Thomas Moore star is looking for a new college. Quote, this has been the hardest decision I have ever had to make. What went into this reasoning? Um, I don't know. I do not know. I know that Jack was uh, injured much of this uh, season after a terrific freshman campaign. Terrific. Um 14 catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown this season. Um, last season, started seven of 13 games at 43 receptions, 489 yards, three touchdown passes. So a big letdown for him. Uh, injuries certainly played a part of it. Um, and look. You gotta you gotta wish him the best with you know Brian Kelly did not recruit Jack Besh. Jack Besh didn't sign didn't sign up for Brian Kelly. He has the right to do as he pleases. So it's still very early. Uh, you know, that's three now that have entered the portal, only one really of significant value, and uh no one has come from the portal to LSU at this point in time, but you know that the coaches are working on it and trying to get really good players that can maybe come in and start, certainly to get players that can add depth along the line. So um, good news, bad news, and we wish Jack Besh all the very, very, very best along those lines. Um Some freshman All-Americans, some other news, linebacker Harold Perkins, edge rusher B.J. Ogilari were named to the Associated Press All-SEC First Team Defense on Monday. Defensive tackle Mekki Wingo was named to the second team. So um, honors coming in. The finalists for the Heisman Trophy that will be awarded this Saturday have been announced. It's down to four finalists um, in alphabetical order. Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett, TCU quarterback Max Duggan, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, and USC quarterback Caleb Williams. I don't think this is a slam dunk for Caleb Williams. I really, truly do not think that's the case. I think Max Duggan has quite the argument, and I believe even though he doesn't have the statistics, I think Stetson Bennett has quite the argument for this thing as well. We shall find out. The last image you got was Caleb Williams limping around and not playing very well. The last image of C.J. Stroud was getting pummeled by Michigan. The last image you have of Max Duggan is him single-handedly willing TCU uh, back down the field to tie the game, albeit they lost, but his effort was Herculean. 
And Stetson Bennett just wins games, just wins games on the best team in college football. So, so we shall see how this uh, all turns out. Uh, they rank the bowl games and all this kind of stuff, and they talk about it. And um, the Raging Cajuns, of course, going to the um, Independence Bowl on Friday, December third, tw- uh, December twenty third. Um, Houston's got a quarterback in Clayton Toon, threw for right at thirty nine hundred yards, ran for right at five hundred yards, for total forty two total touchdowns. He's a stud. Tank Dell is a stud at wide receiver. 1,354 yards, 15 touchdowns. Which Dana Holgerson's team will show up? Of course, Holgerson, well-known from his days back at West Virginia. Now he's at Houston. Um, these games are all about who's going to play, who's not going to play, who's going to be excited to play, and who's not going to be excited to play. So I don't think the Cajuns have any problem being excited playing in their home state. I really don't. Um, LSU, of course, will play in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, which really makes no sense. Cheez-It Citrus, other than the fact that the, the, it's, it's orange. Um, but Citrus is an orange and not a Cheez-It. But, but anyway, anyway, here's another one. Um, what do you anticipate? Which team's going to be up? I, I guarantee you the LSU fan base isn't up for this. I promise you that. Uh, Purdue was a surprise winner of the Big Ten West, much like LSU was a surprise winner of the SEC West. Um, Boilermakers went 6-3 and three in the conference, hung with Michigan for half of the Big Ten championship game before they just got blasted in the second half. Now, They've made a habit of pulling off upsets over higher-ranked teams. They've got an offense that can put points on the board. So is LSU going to take this thing seriously? Of interest here, the Louisville job came open this week when Scott Satterfield left for Cincinnati. Purdue's coach, Jeff Brom, a former Louisville quarterback, was the top target for Louisville before it hired Satterfield. The Cardinals are bound to be interested again, right? So is Brom going to turn his alma mater down for the second time? And is this going to become a distraction yet again? Just a couple of the of the storylines along the way. All right, here's our guest list today. Matthew Bruni will talk all about LSU in the, in the portal, out of the portal, who's coming in, who's leaving, uh, how's recruiting going, all that stuff. Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, will put his stamp on uh, this college football season, the highs, the lows, the surprises, who's his Heisman Trophy pick. Uh, so we'll deal with Tony on that at around 2.35 this afternoon. And Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will take up our number two. How the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. Bad teams, the New Orleans Saints, find a way to let bad things happen to them. Plain and simple. So that's what we have in store for you and yours today on this Tuesday, December the 6th. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's right. You can see it 
before anyone else by simply texting Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, to 68683. That's Whitney to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a sneak, special sneak peek, December 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by a. Brian's Jewelers and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, time out on the floor. We'll be back. LSU talk here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back on this Tuesday, December 6th, 17 minutes after the hour. We welcome in from uh, BengalTigerOn3.com, our good friend Matthew Bruni. Matthew, how are you, buddy? Happy holidays. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, had a nice trip to Atlanta over the weekend uh, for the game and everything. Made it back, and uh, now we jump right into portal season, you know? Yeah. Was um, <sighs> Brian Kelly kept saying it, 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 we're not that far away. After watching Georgia and seeing them and seeing LSU, just how far is LSU away? I, I still think they're they're a decent ways away. I, I think he might have unfolded it a little bit because it always does come back to he kind of did step the Tennessee game too, and obviously Georgia's a different level than Tennessee, but he kind of went back to that. Uh, obviously, the, the block field goal that was returned, he went to that and and talked about that and the, the, the interception off the helmet. So yeah, I mean they're unlucky or you know unfortunate plays or poor plays that shouldn't that aren't you know between the offense and defense if you just look offense to defense i think they actually played really well in that game um but still it was pretty obvious to me that they don't have the depth to keep up with georgia they don't have um the i mean the physicality that georgia is able to play with it's just something that takes years and kirby smart's been there for so long at this point it's a real culture he has a system he has a recruiting he's been able to do over the past few years it's it's just obvious to me that they are still on a, a little bit of a different level. I am with you, Matthew Brody, with us. Okay, um, another reason why I don't make investments, aka bet on things, um, not that Kayshawn Booty um, had the type of season that warranted him to go to the NFL, but I thought, well, okay, he's got a, he's got a child. Uh, he, he's going to want to start making money as soon as he can. Uh, I thought he would leave. I thought Jack Bash bled purple and go. I never thought he would leave. So let's go over why you think Kayshawn Booty is staying first and foremost. Uh, Kayshawn, I mean, I think this was – there's a lot of things that I think have played into this. Um, because even if you look at mock drafts, at this point in the year, he's still projected by most to go in the first round. Like it is still wow. a he's still a first round talent here. He just obviously, um, I think everybody understands that coming off that injury, he just wasn't right early, and then the past game didn't really go his way, so he didn't have the numbers. But there were still moments like we saw in the Georgia game where you see him in the open field, you see him what he can do with the ball in his hands. He's still a first round talent. So with that being said, everybody kind of expected him to be gone. I think part of it. Um, is the fact that I 
he can still up his stock uh, to a degree. I think he can go from, let's say, a guy drafted in the 18 to 32 range to a guy in the 5 to 14 range. I think that's very realistic. Uh, if he has a great year next year, I think uh, NIL is obviously a player, like you said, he has to, he has a he has a child now, uh, his family to support. I mean, I think NIL is allowing these players opportunities that they didn't have three years ago, four years ago. And I think we saw that in college basketball in the past years with guys like Drew Timmy, Oscar Sheboy, and it's trickling over to football where guys don't have to make – if they're not comfortable going pro yet, they don't have to. And I think that's that's a big boost for college football and it allows guys like Kayshawn to, to come back. Matthew, Brittany with us. On the flip side um... – Jack Bash, that that really surprised me. I, look, I don't fault the kid; he can do whatever he wants to do. So I'm not. It's not that, but the, I didn't see that one coming. Let's put it that way. Did you? And and what what do you think came into play on that end? Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll give a quick shout out to um, the the Bengal Tiger on three. We we had some. We had a, an inkling, and we posted on our our uh, VIP you know board that we mm-hmm. had heard. Uh, rumblings about Jack Besser in the portal. This was before the championship game, hmm. um, even. So we we, we were uh, kind of expecting it the past week or so. Uh, I think if you just look at it from a standpoint of produ- production, really, I think that's really all it comes down to. And especially now that Kayshawn's coming back, you have Kayshawn still, you have Malik still, you have uh, Brian Thomas Jr. They're still those three are still going to be ahead of Jack Besh, um in on the depth chart and. If Jack Besh wants to go somewhere where he can catch 50 passes and, you know, put up numbers and try to – I think he's a competitor and he wants to be on the field. So mm-hmm. I think that's what it came down to at the end of the day. I think – I'm not sure where he'll, go, where he'll go. I think he'll have plenty of suitors. But initially it did surprise me too um, because he is so Louisiana. He's so vocal about the state and his home. But at the end of the day, you know, guys want to get on the field. Yeah, I'm with you. I, again, I thought – Booty would leave. I thought he would opt out of yep. the bowl game, uh, but that's not going to happen now. He's going to he's going to play. Um, I'm curious as to the thought process that you have. Are you hearing anything behind the scenes on Jaden Daniels? That's the big question. No, no, not yet. Um, they're still. I mean, that the, the exit interviews and all the conversations that have been had over the last two days. Um, eventually will come to light. I assume we hear something sooner rather than, than later about Daniel because, like you said, he is kind of the domino that a lot of players are kind of waiting on. I think ma- mainly being Garrett Nussmeyer um, yeah. to see how to see what Jaden Daniels decides. If Jaden Daniels is coming back, maybe Nussmeyer leaves, maybe he doesn't. But that's kind of the domino that this offense is kind of waiting on. So we'll see. I, I said it. I think when he got over here, Jaden Daniels was looking to get to LSU play a year, establish himself as a future NFL quarterback and leave. Um, but I think the door is very open to him returning, and I think he's weighing it pretty heavily at this point. So um, the decision, like I said, I think will come sooner rather than later, but uh, that is the domino that we're waiting on. We're all waiting on that one. Matthew Brody of BengalTigerOn3.com. Does this bowl game excite you at all? Um, not, not, not the most, but it's, it's, I think it's a big deal for this team though. I think they're going to treat it like it's a big game. I think the spread being at eight and I think Purdue's actually a pretty good team. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. 
I think LSU is going to come to this game really, really wanting to win this game. I, I just get that feeling. I don't think Brian Kelly is going to take this game lightly. And whether it's players, you know, whoever's not going to the NFL draft, they already said they're trying to convince players that um, even are going, you have pro aspirations to stay with them and play, you know, maybe play this one out and try to continue to work on whether it's their 40, their bench press and stuff on the side. Um, I think they're going to take this game really seriously and really try to uh, show show everybody that you know the game against A and M and even I guess the loss to Georgia is not how they want to end the season. So yeah, I, that's that's the feeling I have just from Brian Kelly and the team. Okay, well, good, good. Yeah, Purdue Purdue can can throw it around the yard a little bit. They can uh, they can yeah. score some points. Uh, so 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 we shall see. It's not the sexiest of matchups, um, unless you're a basketball team, because uh, Purdue's always good in hoops. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, we'll good. see what happens in football as well, uh, for sure. Um, Brian Kelly I, and one one. I can't remember which one, um, ousted uh, by Josh Heupel of Tennessee by one vote as SEC Coach of the Year. How about that? I actually hadn't heard about that yet. I've been uh, digging in, but there you go. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not mad at it. I, I think Heupel and what they did at Tennessee, I, I tweeted this last night when Hinton Hooker was left off the Heisman belt. I feel like people have kind of forgotten how good Tennessee was outside of the South yeah. Carolina game. I yeah. mean – yeah, it's it's, and then they bounce back after the South Carolina game and drop sixty on Vanderbilt without Hooker. So, yeah, it's I'm not I'm not mad at that. Um, there's a lot of coaches across the country. I know there was a the the finalist for the Coach of the Year award came out. I don't think Brian Kelly was on that final ballot, but I mean, there's just so many coaches that have done really yeah. good jobs. Yeah. I think Brian Kelly, if they would have beat A and M, you know, they probably he probably gets gets a nod or two more. But you know, that's kind of how it goes. Um. I don't think this Heisman's a slam dunk for Caleb Williams. I really don't because, like you said, Hooker wasn't even on it. It's kind of like the last impression you get. And Williams was limping mm-hmm. around and got, and got torn apart by Utah. Yeah. Um, Duggan, uh, even though they lost, he was Herculean in his effort against Kansas State, and they're still in the playoff. Um, C.J. Stroud, not so good. Michigan yeah. beat the heck out of them, and there's little old Stetson Bennett. All he does is win games. <laughs> it would not surprise me in the least. It wouldn't if Stetson Bennett the fourth won this thing. It's, it, he could. Hey, he could win off second place votes if everything you know bounces yes. around and how who knows how the votes go. But yeah, he's a uh, well. First of all, he was great against LSU. I thought, oh, man, yes, he, he was. was just really, really efficient, really smart. I uh, didn't give the LSU defense really anything. So yeah. It's, Again, I, I mean, I love watching Caleb Williams. He's a just great player. So we'll see if he ends up winning it. He would have my vote. But like you said, it could be one of those things where, I mean, Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan, didn't get on the final finalist list. There's going to be a lot of different ballots here, and I was half oh, yeah. joking about winning it off second place votes. But heck, it might be something weird like that. Yeah. Do you think if Jaden Daniels comes back and Brian Kelly does his very, very best salesman's job and says, look, just because Jaden was our quarterback a year ago, we are going to open this thing up to a open competition. You're going to get equal reps and may the best man win. Is that enough to bring a Garrett Nussmeyer back? Because I think Nussmeyer is going to have a lot of suitors if he enters into that portal. Oh, he's gonna have yeah. He's gonna have a lot of suitors if he enters the portal. 
Um, I, I just can't see it if Daniels comes back, Nuss might come back, because that's two years of not playing, and then you're potentially looking at a third year of not playing as Garrett Nussmeyer, and I just think that's that's really tough. Like, obviously, you can believe in yourself all you want that, you know, you can beat out Jane Daniels, but yeah. at the end of the day, I, I feel like you need a little bit more security here. You've got to get on the field if you're Garrett Nussmeyer, you know, a highly touted guy out of high school, uh, obviously has shown flashes of how good he can be. I mean, you know, I know coaches can't – I don't know how exactly the reaching out process works, but I would assume if Dave Daniels comes back, you're going to have – Plenty of coaches from across the country in his, you know, email box DMs, uh, being like, "Hey, let's go, let's make it happen. You can start over here at X and go from there." So I feel like it's cool. I got four schools in the SEC immediately. Um, Anthony Richardson left Florida to go to the draft. Florida would be all. Bama loses their Heisman Trophy winner. Bama's all over it. Tennessee loses Hendon Hooker. All over it. And guess who else? Stetson Bennett's finally retiring. Georgia. I'm telling you, he could have his pick of the litter. He really could. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and that's why we're waiting on that domino to fall because I can't imagine Nussmeyer just waiting a third year to, to yeah. get on the field. That's not, that's, that doesn't happen nowadays. That's too, that's too long. When, when should I start watching LSU basketball? I mean, are we getting close to playing anybody? <laughs> Tease them. Um, I, I watched the women's team play Tulane. That was a that was a pretty good game. I enjoyed that game a lot. They played at, at Tulane. Uh, Tulane's pretty good too. So mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed that one. So men's side though, uh, now they play Wake Forest uh, next week, uh, coming off of the the finals break, and that'll be a good game. And that's pretty much their only other big game besides Kansas State and the non conference schedule. So the Wake Forest game will be interesting. Um, I've just you know, man, I've been underwhelmed by this team just so, so far. They really didn't look good against UT Arlington. I don't see much scoring, man. I, I just, I just don't see it. I think they open up with Arkansas at home. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Woo! We'll find out real, 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 real quick on that one. All right, Matthew Bruni. So does Jaden Daniels stay or does he go? Come on, give me a prediction. I, I, I think he stays. I do too. I think he stays. I did. I think he I'm stays. More and, and I know confident. a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, I guess they they kind of want Nussmeyer. They want a little bit more verticality in the past game. All I'll say is if Jaden Daniels comes back, I expect the offense to be more vertical next year than this year. I just think you have too many weapons. You have to get them the ball yep. far more than you did this year. I am with you 100. percent I think they got something to build on. They get Mason Smith back. Harold. Perkins, Mickey Wing, I think they're going to be much better defensively. Uh, I think they're going to be better all around. They can't be any worse on special teams. Brian Polian, I love him. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly loves him, but he, he's not going to be a special teams coach, is he? Can't be. I, he'll still be on the staff, and that's what we're yeah. trying to. Fi- that's what we try to figure out is he'll be on the staff. Is the question is do because I mean he's such a GM. He did such a good job in the portal last year. I mean he's a really right. good. The guy you want on the uh, as a recruiting Absolutely. guy, but um, that'll be the question: is do they keep him as special teams? I think uh, some people, even though it went really badly this year, I think there is kind of an expectation that he stays. I mean, uh, okay. rather than hiring a whole new special teams quarter, maybe just get him some more analysts. Maybe just you know, obviously, put more attention on it. So, 
Yeah, oh, we'll see. Better players out there that can think a little bit better. All this analytics, my gosh, analysts, analysts. It's it's paralysis by analysis, as my old coach used to say it. So anyway, we shall see. Uh, Matthew Bruni, um, enjoy enjoy the holidays, man. Enjoy this off week, and uh, thank you as always for your time. It's always fun talking to you. Yes, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. You got it. Matthew Bruni from Bengal Tiger on 3.com. Let's see here. I've got to read this one. Uh, The game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armitor Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armitor Jewelers and the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, joins us next here on the Jordy Helper Show. Stay with us. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. All right, the haze in the barn. We know the final four teams in college football. We know all the bowl games. We're about to find out who wins the Heisman Trophy. The transfer portal is open, and it's uh, the wild, wild west is ready to go, and he who has the biggest purse gets the best players. It's just supply and demand. Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, kind enough to join us to discuss these and other topics. Hello, Mr. Tony. How are you, my friend? Jordy, I'm fine. I've listened to you reel off that list of items, and I couldn't help but think one thing. Is this a great country or what? (laughs) Only in America, baby. That's right. (laughs) Only in America. They don't have these issues over in Europe, my friend. No, they don't. They're just trying to figure out how to pay um, Ronaldo uh, X amount of billions of dollars to kick a – is it football or is it soccer? Come on. Over (laughs) Because of where you are. If you're over here, it's – if you're over here, it's soccer. If you're over there, it is definitely football. Absolutely. All right. Um, Stetson Bennett, Max yep. Duggan, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams. A lot of people saying, Stetson Bennett, why not Hendon Hooker? Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the Final Four finalists? Well, I, I would have loved to have seen Hendon Hooker in there. My goodness, he had such a great year, and it's just a, such a shame yep. that he gets hurt toward down toward the stretch. So. I really feel for him and the and the Tennessee people. But, I mean, think about this. Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett the fourth, A guy whose dream was always to play quarterback at the University of Georgia. He's just simply not good enough to play there. So they let him walk on. And and you know, how, you know the rest of the story. Right. And today, he is the starting quarterback on the number one team in the nation, getting ready in position, at least, to win his second straight national championship, yeah. and he's going to New York City as one of four Heisman finals. You can't make this stuff up. No. You really can't. I, for, I really honestly, because I know voters, I know how they think, and it's always kind of like they wait and wait and wait, and they get this last image in their mind. And I saw Caleb Williams, as great as he's been all year, but he limped around, he got mm-hmm. hurt. 
and Utah beat the heck out of them. I saw C.J. Stroud, great year, but the last thing they saw was Michigan just pummeling Ohio State. Max Duggan lost, but he was Herculean in his efforts to bring TCU back. And there's old Stetson Bennett. All he does is win. He does what it takes. It would not surprise me, Tony, if he won that thing. That would be just an incredible story. I'll tell you this about Max Duggan. If, if they score, if they score and win that game, yeah. he probably locks up the Heisman Trophy right there because it was the it was the ultimate Heisman moment with a guy who was was not able to breathe trying to get his team into Amazing. the end zone to win the game. It was, yeah. but yeah, the Stetson Bennett thing is just so improbable. And, and I and I and I told you the stories of last season about all these Georgia people who would come up to me and say, well, well, we'll never win a national championship with this guy as our quarterback. Right. Well, no, you, you, you're right. You'll never win one. You might win two. So. <laughs> Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart with us. Did they get the four best college football teams in the Final Four? Yeah, they, they, never, they hardly ever do. Okay. Because listen, when when you say the four best teams, and I try to tell my friends this, they're not saying, well, if 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 these two teams met on a neutral site at four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, this team would win. So they're the you know no, it, it's a combination. It's a combination of good t- the best teams, but also who has earned it, who has the resume. Right. And when it came right down, I mean, I wrote about eleven o'clock Saturday night. I said, folks, here are your four teams. TCU's going to get in. Alabama's not. Here's why. And when it, when it kind of came down to it, TCU had 10 wins and played in a conference championship game and almost won. Alabama had 10 wins. <laughs> TCU had 12 wins. Alabama had 10 wins. Right. And did not. Uh, could Alabama beat TCU? Probably. Sure. Probably. Probably. Yep. I, 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 if you made me pick, I pick Alabama. But it, it's as as the old coach used to say, Jordy, it's complicated. Yeah, but that, that, that means it puts value on the regular season. Sure. It just does. Are more teams going to go the Michigan way and play? You know, they have these made-for-television games, Oregon versus Georgia, um, that, that start off the season, which are great for college football. But maybe some of these coaches are going to say, man, our league is tough enough. I don't need to play those kind of teams anymore. Forget it. Well, what you learn, Jordy, is – it's not completely their call. The, the co- True. You, you know this from hanging around True. college athletics as long True. as we have. You do have to listen to your season ticket holders. Yeah. And the season ticket holders are telling their athletic directors, would you please start scheduling some good home and homes so we yeah. can get experiences like these like these other fans? Yeah. Georgia went to Notre Dame four years ago. I want to go to Notre Dame. Right. Georgia's going to Oklahoma in a couple of years. I want to go to Oklahoma. So there, there's, there is pressure there to upgrade the schedules, not only from the fan base, but from your television partners. We also learned that uh, they're going to have the 12-team playoff coming up in 2024. Mm-hmm. So one more year of the four-team. Uh, does Notre Dame have to join a conference? Don't they have to join one now? Well, it depends on what they want. Okay, If they're satisfied with the way they are and they don't mind not ever getting a bye in the first round because they want – by rule, they cannot get a buy because right. the buys only go to conference champions. And, right. And Notre Dame can't be a conference champion. So ultimately, Notre Dame will have to decide what kind of universe they want to live in. But they, they can't they can never have a buy under this uh, format. 
Yeah. Uh, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. We've seen some coaching moves. And, uh, you know, LSU plays Purdue. I'm interested to see Coach Satterfield leaves Louisville to take the Cincinnati job. Here comes – here's mm-hmm. Jeff Brom again, the Louisville quarterback. He's already been uh, – he was the first pick by Louisville earlier uh, before they hired Satterfield. Uh, I wonder if he's – I know they're going to come knocking on his door. I wonder if he turns them down a second time. Oh, it'll be interesting. He, he's had a remarkable run here. And I'm kind of anxious to see the way way that that one turns out. Uh, uh, it, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting off season at a lot of places. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Were you surprised uh, that uh, Deion Sanders took the Colorado job? I'm not saying uh, I think there's some other opportunities out there. Wonder what appealed to him at a place where man they have been in the cellar for so long. It's really cold there. I, I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't, I, and I don't know whatever what other office he had on the table. Uh, you you would think that he'd want to be. The problem with, with going back to Florida State is that Florida State was good this year. Yeah, <laughs> and so right. Mike Norell is in in good shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I will say this: Deion Sanders did so much for Jackson State. No and, doubt. I mean, he, college game day went to Jackson State Crazy. because of Deion Sanders. Crazy! Uh, all of the HBCUs have have grown in stature because of what Deion Sanders did at Jackson State. And look, there is a formula for winning at Colorado. Bill McCartney showed us showed it to us in the eighties and the early nineties. Yep. You yep. go to Southern California and you pitch a tent, and you don't come home until you've got a bunch of really good football players, which is what he did. And so, and I think Deion Sanders can do that. It's it's all about re, re, it's about re, recruiting. Yep. It's about hiring a great staff, and I think he can do both of those. He is Mister College Football, Tony Barnhart. Kind enough to join us. Um, Georgia versus Ohio State. Your early thoughts on that semifinal matchup? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Georgia is going to win. I think Georgia is a more complete team. Uh, obviously, they're very Ohio State's very very talented at quarterback, and they've got some they've got some skilled people that can touch uh, the. the uh, but we saw what Michigan did to that team, and yeah. we we know how physical Michigan is. I think Georgia, I think Georgia wins the game. I think it'll be close to I think it'll be close to double digits. That's assuming everybody's healthy, because Georgia, I think we've said this, Georgia Georgia is the most complete football team mm-hmm. uh, in the country. Now, that defensive front, uh, I don't think Ohio State can handle it. I, right. I really don't. I think uh, the pressure that Stroud's about to see is going to be uh, immense. I, I really like Michigan. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I think they are really, really good. And I think I wonder what the line would be, Georgia versus Michigan. I think that would be really close, really tight. I think it'd be an unbelievable game. The game is played on a neutral site in Los Angeles. I I see this. As- I see it three, three and a half, something like that. Maybe George is favored by a little bit. Mm-hmm. We, we were watching the end. I was I was at home, back home uh, after the SEC championship game and watched the end of the uh, Michigan game. I told turned to my wife. I said, "Let me tell you what, this team right here, Michigan, they are going to be hard to beat. Yeah, they are. They are physical." You're going to have to really play well um, to beat them. I, I really, really believe that. Uh, we shall see. Um, who's your national coach of the year this year? Because there's a bunch of good ones. There's a bunch of really good ones. I thought Josh Heupel did uh, a great job. I thought the uh, 
obviously Lincoln Riley did an incredible job if they finish it off and go into the playoffs. I think I might have mentioned this to you. I, I thought Kirby Smart did an incredible job no with doubt. this team. No doubt. People assume that because you got a lot of really good players, it's easy to coach them. No, it's not. Not in the world we're living in. But it's uh, national coach for you. That's a good, good, uh, good, good debate. You know what? Jim, Jim, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh deserves votes for national yeah. coach of the year yeah. because here's what he did. He he got it. He they got their brains beat out by Georgia in the in the semifinals last year at the Orange Bowl, and he completely remade his football team. He told the powers that be, says, "Look, we'll tweak stuff here and there, but I'm not changing who I am. Yeah. I'm just we're just going to do it better." And we're going to be more physical than we've been in the past, and that's what that, and that's what they did. So he, kudos to him yeah. for sticking to his guns. My 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 guess is Sonny Dykes wins it from TCU because they were picked seventh in their own league, and here they are in the final four, and they're a, I mean, a very controversial call from for, for being undefeated and maybe you know who knows, but I I just think that turnaround uh, speaks volumes. Yeah, I think it. I think it does. And obviously, if TCU had won that game, a lot of these things were would have been no brainers. Uh, yeah. You you were very kind in saying a, a very controversial <laughs> call on the goal line. That was a bad call, Jordan. Bad call. Yeah, when, really Mac, when you got Max Duggan there, it's almost impossible if you got any kind of offensive line not to go for a foot. Uh, yeah. So no. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, who's your SEC? I know you mentioned Kirby Smart. Um, but give me some other guys that are in consideration for the SEC Coach of the Year. Oh, you you got to look at Josh Heupel and what they did. Okay. Uh, you know, they established their identity in his first year, last year, and they came back and, my goodness, look what they did with Hendon Hooker and all those receivers. They were yeah. just – I mean, and I will say this. Has anybody lost more in a single year than Tennessee lost by losing to South Carolina? They, if Tennessee had not lost to South Carolina, they would be in the college football playoff right now. You're right, because they would not have played yep. in the SEC championship yep. game. They yep. would have finished eleven and one, okay, with the only yep. loss to Georgia at State. Georgia, and yep. they would be they and not Ohio State would be in the college football. I agree. Playoff. I agree. Shane Beamer did a hell of a job. Brian Kelly did a hell of a job. They really. Well, did. Shane Shane Beamer. Let me tell you what. You sit there and look at where they were four weeks ago, coming off of a thirty-eight to six. I think I've got that close loss to Florida, and the and the six points they got was on a special teams yep. deal. They didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden they upset Tennessee and they upset Clemson at Clemson, yep. two top ten wins, and now you completely view their season. If they had lost those two, yeah, their right. season looks completely different. And You're now right. everybody can't wait to get started over. There. Yeah, you like Garrett Nussmeyer, the, the guy that came. I'll tell you what, he, he came. I mean, I've I've known I've known his dad Doug for a long time. Uh, he came off the bench and was just flinging it. I took as the guy sitting next to him. I said, Georgia's not prepared for this. This is not what they prepared for. Right. right. And Nussmeyer is just flinging it. He's flinging it and he's on target. I mean, I thought the kid played really well. Be interesting if Jaden Daniels comes back. I think Nussmeyer hits the portal, and I can think of many schools within the SEC borders that would want that kid. Yep, many. yep. He's obviously I, I've not seen him play for any extended period of time, and I'm just right. saying, whoa, this kid's got an arm. 
Yeah, he's got that. Uh, Mr. College Football, Tony Barnard. Happy holidays, my friend. So glad you picked up your grand uh, grandchild and do yep. all the grandfather stuff. And you're you're amazing. Life is good. Well, t- t- Tuesday is pickup and gymnastics practice. So there you go. <laughs> I got a I got a budding gymnast on my hands here. Oh, I love it. I love it. T- send him to Baton Rouge. They got a pretty good program, man. Come on. Send them down. Oh, to I, was, I was also reminded that the University of Georgia is not bad. So. They're not bad either. Yeah, they got some good uh, gymnastics schools. Tony, thank you so much, man. Have a great day. All right. Take care. You got it. Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart, back to wrap up our number one after these messages here on the Jordy Helfrich Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. If you're looking for great stocking stuffers this holiday season, look no further because the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com has it for you. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com it's free it's simple so go sign up today we got to talk about how the saints put on a master class on how to lose a game our number two straight ahead the jordy helpert show here on the game southwest louisiana sports stations Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two, and away we go. Congratulations to our very own Kevin Falk from Karen Crow High School to LSU to the New England Patriots today at the Bellagio Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, uh, inducted into the 2022 College Football Hall of Fame class, along with people like LeVar Arrington of Penn State, Champ Bailey of Georgia, Michael Crabtree of Texas Tech, Sylvester Croom from Alabama, just to name a few um andrew luck at stanford a part of the class as well very well deserved um shout out kevin falk and the award today from the pro um football foundation hall of fame class congratulations also in order to B.J. Ogilari, the junior defensive end from LSU, headlined a list of four LSU players named to the 2022 SEC coaches All-SEC team announced by the league today. Ogilari earned first-team All-SEC honors, while a trio of Tigers, offensive tackle and freshman Will Campbell, linebacker and freshman Harold Perkins, defensive tackle sophomore Mekki Wingo were named to the second team. So quite an honor for all of them. And Wingo, remember, um, because of Mason Smith's injury, got uh, got the opportunity. Uh, his first year at LSU after transferring from Missouri, he started 12 games, recorded 44 tackles, four tackles for loss, a pair of sacks. He recovered two fumbles, forced another. He was by far the most productive lineman 
um, defensive lineman in the SEC, without question, without doubt. So um, uh, terrific job by him. We all know about uh, Harold Perkins and what what he accomplished. And Ojalary, the permanent team captain, um, 58 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, twice named the SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week in 2022. Um, So congratulations and terrific, terrific job by him. Uh, Congratulations also go to UL Raging Cajun Hooper, Jordan Brown, named the Sunbelt Conference Men's Player of the Week after he led the Cajuns to a pair of victories. He's 6'11". He averaged 21.5 points, 8.5 boards, 2.5 assists this week in helping the Cajuns to a 2-0 record. Um, Yes, he was... Selected by the Sunbelt's 14 head coaches as the league's preseason player of the year. And uh, he is certainly living up to the billing. Absolutely. So they beat Loyola, where he had a season-high 27. They beat UNO, got his first double-double this season with 16 points and 13 rebounds. Bob Marlin's club returns to action this Saturday, December Um what is it, ninth, uh, when it plays host to Samford in a 7 p.m. contest at the Cajun Dome. So uh, congratulations go out to Jordan Brown. Yes. Um, OBJ made his official visit, uh, his recruiting visit to the Dallas Cowboys, and apparently the Cowboys are having some concerns over his ability to play and um and, and play right away. You know, he's got to pass that physical. Uh, he's got to be ready to to go after you know that torn ACL that happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, according to those sources, the Cowboys believe he has not progressed, progressed enough to ensure he would play before mid-January. Um, there is the possibility that signing Beckham, who's closing out his two-day visit with the Cowboys today, would have no benefit until the 2023 season. So big question mark here. What are the dollars and all that kind of stuff? Big, big question mark. But, boy, Jerry Jones has certainly openly come out and um, voiced his his want for Odell Beckham Jr. to be a Dallas Cowboy. So um, – Jones did remain non-committal during uh, an appearance on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas today, but did say this, that Beckham playing this season is, quote, paramount to a deal possibly getting done without ruling it out altogether. So, look, Kerry Jones senses that the Dallas Cowboys have a legitimate shot to get to the Super Bowl. A lot of people, even though the Philadelphia Eagles have the best record in football, a lot of people are believing that Dallas, who plays Philadelphia on Christmas Eve in Philly, a lot of people believe Dallas is the better team. Well, we'll, we'll, that will be decided on the field of play. Uh, We shall see. Beckham's also visited with the New York Giants. He's visited with the Buffalo Bills. Um, So we shall see as the courtship of OBJ continues onward and upward man it's it's crazy still getting recruited man still getting recruited um we'll talk about the new orleans saints unfortunately they they figured out a way they created a way to lose yet again and um that's what happens 
That's what happens to bad teams. They figure out a way to lose, and that's what the Saints are this year. The question now comes, um, is is Dennis Allen going to be retained as the head coach? Plain and simple. Plain and simple. One thing we learned from the uh, Manning cast last night, which I thought was very, very interesting, um, Peyton Manning and Randy Moss all were almost were college teammates at the University of Tennessee. Could you imagine what that pitch and catch combination would have done? Could you imagine? They were both finalists for the Heisman Trophy in the 1997 season at Tennessee and Marshall, respectively. But they could have been in teammates in Knoxville except for some ill-timed tardiness. Um, Moss said regarding Peyton, he wasn't punctual. That was the reason I didn't become a volunteer. Peyton was late. Of course, Peyton Manning was like, uh, um, he's, uh, first of all, Tony Moss said when I, Randy Moss said, when I went to Tennessee, all I heard was Peyton Manning was in Virginia at a family member's house. He's trying to drive back just to recruit you. I was like, well, if he's driving here just to recruit me, why isn't he here now to get me? Manning responded he was visiting his then girlfriend, now wife Ashley, who was attending the University of Virginia at the time. He said he left Charlottesville at 3 a.m. so he could get back to Knoxville in time for Moss's visit. Um, He said he told Moss that we're going to throw it every play here. Three years, you'll be coming out to the NFL. He said he wasn't hearing it. He was headed for Notre Dame, but he gave – Peyton said, I gave him my best pitch, though. Moss ultimately ended up committing to Notre Dame but never played a down for the Irish. He had some legal issues from a fight in high school in West Virginia. He had a brief stop in Florida State, then transferred to Marshall, and he was one of the greatest college receivers of all time, one of the greatest – NFL receivers of all time. Um, How about 174 receptions, 3,529 yards, and 54 touchdowns in just two seasons with Marshall? (laughs) Just two seasons. Unbelievable numbers. Unbelievable numbers. So um, anyway, I found that uh, very, very interesting. Could you imagine Peyton Manning throwing the ball up to Randy Moss? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that would have been um, just ridiculous, just ridiculous. Um, The final four is set for the Heisman Trophy. Stetson Bennett from Georgia is in it. Max Duggan from TCU is in it. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State is in it. And Caleb Williams from USC is in it. Everybody thought before that uh, Pac-12 championship game between USC and Utah that it was Caleb Williams. It was a landslide. It wasn't even going to be close. I don't think that's the case anymore. I just don't. I think this thing is wide open. I don't think C.J. Stroud's going to get it. I think Duggan has a great chance to win it. I wouldn't be surprised if Stetson Bennett the fourth shocks the world and wins the whole thing. I really, truly wouldn't. Eh, we shall see. Um, let's see. Um, we've got football to talk about. We got the Saints, but I've got uh, to read. Here we go. Here we go. One of our live reads that we do each and every day. Uh, this one is your Alexa or Google Home speaker helps out around the house. It allows you to control your lights, your thermostats, and so much more. But did you know they can also play the game? Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. 
do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, at your home. And how about everywhere you go? What's up with the weather? Well, it's 81 degrees. It's December the 6th. It's 81 degrees. I mean, I don't want it to be 30, but I wouldn't mind it being 50 degrees. Come on. This is crazy. Time to put the bathing suits back on. Let's head to the beach. Man. But first, the Black and Gold Report. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. When we return to the Jordy Helper Show here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers, who are going to the Citrus Bowl to play Purdue. And the World Series champion, Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. We'll be right back. It's time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The anatomy of an awful loss by an awful team. Bob Rose, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon, Jordy. Uh, all things considered, I guess I'm okay. I'm processing <laughs> my rage. How about you? The sun came out. Um, you know, if you're, I have no sympathy for a team that continues to figure out ways to to lose games. It's um, poor po- coaching, poor player decisions, poor execution, poor everything. Um, I just hated doing it to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay when you had that type of lead with that little time left. It's just it's just remarkable how bad things continue to happen to bad teams. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, and it is extra infuriating when it happens to somebody, uh, you know, like it happened to against Brady or a division rival. Uh, but you're right. Bad teams do bad things. And, you know, we have seen this play out over and over and over again, uh, you know, for all, all season long. Uh, yeah, it will. The Saints aren't mathematically eliminated only because biblical miracles do exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, last night was it almost felt like a merciful end to the season, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're done. Yeah, they're absolutely done. Take me, take me to, and I know he apologized and he said, My bad, you know, Mayor Cooper and all that kind of stuff. But what was Mark Ingram? What, what was that? I mean, all you do is get a first down, and that takes off a couple more minutes off the clock. He's got the first down, and he just kind of beelines, um, exit stage right, and goes out of bounds. I, I, I couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Yeah, I couldn't either. And that, that's the thing. The the mistakes, the, the mind numbing mistakes, all season long have been made by players with veteran experience. Whether it's Ingram this week, uh, you know, whether it's constant false starts uh, or offsides by you know, a Ryan Ramchek, a James Hurst, a David Onyemata, you know, etc. Uh, you know, Ty- Tyron Matthew, uh, you know, tackling. Uh, you know, it's it's just constant veteran mistakes and that's what makes it most infuriating it's one thing to have a rookie make mistakes uh you're or, or a first time starter but the, these guys these are established players mark ingram's going to be in the saints hall of fame one day 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, this doesn't tarnish his legacy or anything like that. But yeah, that, it's what makes it all the more infuriating that it happens. I take you back to to a, a sequence of events and to get your thoughts on it. I remember with three forty nine left to go in the third quarter, uh, the Saints are leading ten to three, uh, threatening to make it a two touchdown lead. Third and two at the Bucks three yard line. Um, they get twelve men in the huddle. Um, and they get a, a five-yard penalty. It makes it a more difficult third and seven at the eight. Uh, Trevor Penning was in there on the play before for that jumbo package. Nobody communicated. He said, well, I'm staying in the game. Well, you got 11, you got 12 players now. No, no, no uh, touchdown. They get a, you know, they get a field goal. So that's four points off. How good would those four points feel today? So that's mistake number one. Right. And, and you know, that, that, that's the difference in a game. Uh, you know, or what about Alave you know, dropping a very catchable pass to get them into field goal range on a previous drive? Uh, you know, or Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, God bless you with two hands, Mr. Landry. Use them, and that's a touchdown. Uh, you know, and, and instead of I believe they got a field goal off of that drive. Uh, you know, or, or how about the coaches on a, you know, on a third and short? Uh, you know, you check out, uh, or it might not have even been short, but it was a manageable distance. Yeah, you check out your three best receivers, Alave, Landry, and Shahid, and then you proceed to pass the ball. Uh, you know, uh, drop passes all over the place. You know, Bradley Roby, another established veteran. Uh, you know, four different tackle attempts uh, where I can't say that Roby uh, missed the tackle, but he gave up extra yardage because he was very visibly trying to strip the ball rather than just wrap up and get his guy down. Uh, and, and we could go on and on and on, not only this game, but every single game this week, uh, every single week this year. You're right. Um, you know, when, when you talked about taking those wide receivers out, that was when they put in Marcus Calloway. And, um, uh, you know, that's third and one at the Bucks' 44-yard line with 534 to go. Um, third and one, you got a chance to run some clock. You, you trust your line. You trust your ability to run. Okay, you don't. Um, and I don't know what Dalton was doing, who I thought played very, very well. But, man, he threw a bullet. It was high. It was hard. It was behind Callaway. And he couldn't get his hands on it. I don't know why he threw it so darn hard. And then there's Adam Prentice, the fullback, wide open in the flat to the left, a little short little pass, and you get a first down. I just don't get it. No. And you know, I, I, I get I, – I, Bad teams do bad things for bad and bad losses. Uh, yeah, and that's exactly what happened here. Uh, you know, the vaunted defense, which I mean, yeah, they they played all pro they, caliber football they sure all did. night long. They uh, sure yeah, did. You could say fatigue uh, on those last two drives, and that was yeah, that was very noticeable. Uh, yeah, but they changed their coverages. Uh, you know, they, they got a little lax in coverage. They look uh, it looked like they lacked that intensity. Uh, you know, and again, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Um, but big plays or big, yeah, big time players step up and make big time plays yeah. in big time situations. And again, that's something that has not happened all year. Uh, you know, for as abysmal as the Saints record and performance <laughs> is, all but two games were one or two score games. So, you know, in other words, very winnable games if you have a little bit of discipline. And right. a little bit of coaching. Yeah. Um, 
God bless Paulson Adebo. He was great for a while, but you got to play 60 minutes. And he had yeah. two, two egregious coverage mistakes, including the long uh, pass interference play against Evans. You just can't do those things. Now, you're absolutely right. And, and clock time management. My, I don't know what the offense was thinking. I don't know what Pete Carmichael was thinking. Dennis Allen, after the fact, going, yeah, we should. Upon hindsight, we should. Well, you can't, you don't, you can't have hindsight. You got to make the right call. That's what your, that's what your job is. The, the, the coaching and the play calling were just, uh, do the Saints mm-hmm. have more than three or four plays? It looks like that's all they run. Yeah, clearly not. Uh, you know, and you talk about hindsight and what you know, what DA said about hindsight. You've had 12 weeks of hindsight, coach, and you haven't learned one iota. Uh, you know, and Pete, Pete Carmichael, I, who did you work for for 16 years? Because it sure as heck wasn't Sean Payton, not the way you're designing offenses and not the way you're calling plays this year. Pete Carmichael, I know what people were saying about Dennis Allen, and Jordy, I agree with him as much as I don't think it's going to happen, Pete Carmichael should be the first one on the chopping block, uh, you know, this, uh, yeah, this, this Tuesday uh, you know, morning. But it, yeah. again, it hasn't happened. The lack of accountability all the way up through the New Orleans Saints front office now is just appalling to me. Second and seven, 254 to go. Saints 28-yard line. They design a play where Dalton drops back and he's waiting and he's wait. So he's waiting for plays to develop down the field and he gets sacked. Mm-hmm. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. Get design plays that are quick. Oh, you got so what if you only get two yards? Third and five. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you know how many, uh, you know how many pass routes Alvin Kamara ran last night in total? <laughs> Four. Four. Wow. Four. Wow. Now to, to Dalton's credit on the next play, third and 17, he threw a beautiful pass. Yeah. To Texas Hill. That was just a great Keanu Neal made a great play and broke it he up. And that was just a great play. But again, no time off the clock. Um, <sighs> If, if he could have held on to the ball, if, of course, uh, they could have run off most of the remaining two minutes and, and won the darn thing, uh, they're forced to punt. And the drive before this one took off only a minute and a half. This drive took off 31 seconds off the clock. Just 31. Yep. It's unacceptable. And I understand that your game plan coming in was that you were going to attack the Buccaneers secondary down the field. And for the first three quarters, that worked. I mean, that was a wonderful game plan. Brendan Boylan and I outlined it on our halftime show uh, you know, through the Bayou Blitz. Uh, but you know, if you're trying to run out the clock like you're pointing out, it's clear that you can't run the ball. Uh, you know, neither team could last night. Uh, but again, you have Alvin Kamara, one of the finest, the best wide re- the best receiving back in the game today. But you don't even have any patterns, to, any routes designed for him. You have Adam Troutman, you know, short yardage tight end who made some plays earlier. Uh, you pointed out the play where Prentice was wide open in the flat. You know, use guys like that. Uh, you know, Sean Payton, did, and I hate to, I hate to be that guy going back to, uh, you know, well, well, my ex did this and my ex did that. Well, your ex had a pretty good strategy, New Orleans, and you know, every single one of you guys standing on the sidelines were part of that strategy. What happened? Did you go into the 2022 season saying, we're going to do everything just the opposite that we've done the last 15 years, 
uh, you know, because you know, we, we know better. We're going to be the success. Yeah, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. Uh, it's just amazing. On the first nine drives of the night, Tom Brady completed 22 of 34 passes. Not bad at all. 163 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. His passer rating was 63.7. First nine drives. On the final two drives, 14 of 20, 118 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating 118.3. He's pretty good. He's pretty good in late game situations, man. He's pretty darn good. Oh, well, he is, but the defenses are afraid of him too, and that helps. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we've seen this one play out time and time again. You know, because network TV forces Tom Brady down your throats week after week. Uh, yeah, but teams start playing soft, and he gets those dinks and dunks. Uh, you know, in front of your secondary, most quarterbacks could make that throw. Now, I, I will credit Tom for this, uh, you know, in, in tight coverage. And he made that beautiful throw to Julio Jones yeah. uh, you know, to, to set up. I believe it was their first of the two touchdowns. Right. Uh, you know, so he he did make the plays. It's not like it was handed to him like we have seen in the past. But, my God, again, why would you change your strategy that has been working for yeah, 55 okay. minutes? Right, right. You're right, Bob Rose. Uh, the Saints swept by the Bucks for the first time in 15 years. The oh, Saints dropped four and nine, their worst mark after 13 games since 2005. That's pre-Breeze and Peyton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of going into the bye week a half a game behind the Bucks, they're now two and a half games out of the first with just four games to play. They got to go to Cleveland. They got to go to Philly. They play the Falcons and they play the Panthers. Wow. 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 Okay. Uh, let's take a time out here. When we continue with Bob Rose, is it time to blow this thing up? Is it time to make a couple of changes? Who are his top five teams in the NFL today? And where's Odell Beckham Jr. ending up? Just some of the questions we'll delve into with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network here on the Jordy Helpert Show and the Black and Gold Report. So stick around. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 33 minutes after the hour on this Tuesday, December 6th. Hope you're having a great day. We continue part two of the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose, our good friend from the Saints News Network. Dennis Allen, 2012, 4 and 12. 2013, 4 and 12. 2014, 0 and 4 and fired by the Oakland Raiders. 2022, 4 and 9 and counting. Bob Rose, at some point in time, you got to look at this record and say, okay, great defensive coordinator, not a good head coach. When do the Saints cut bait here? It got to be now. Uh, I, and I, I don't think it'll have. I, listen, most of the year I have said, and I have never for one week thought that Dennis Allen was doing a good job, not even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did not think that the the saints would move on after one season now i do uh now i think it needs to happen mm-hmm. uh and i realize a lot of fans are calling for it to happen now uh you know and this is i get it i understand it and i wouldn't be against it 
But here's the only reason you make this that kind of move, especially with a first-year head coach during the season. If you have somebody on your staff who you believe that the team could respond to and could be your next legitimate head coach, then you make the move and see what the guy could do down the stretch. But I don't see anybody on this staff with that kind of you know, uh, immediate potential. Therefore, I probably let Dennis Allen finish the year the move i would make and i'm a 100 percent advocator of is moving on from pete carmichael today right this minute okay. promote cody burns i know for a fact that they loved him that's why they brought him over from the university of tennessee uh or let him work side by side with doug marone a more experienced play caller uh you know and see what those guys could do through the end of the year um I wouldn't be up against I wouldn't be against releasing both Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael now, but Carmichael's the move I think they have to make right this minute as we're sitting here talking. Dennis Allen, I can see waiting until the end of the season. But Jordy, at this stage, even if they win their last four games, I mean you're talking about yeah, you're talking about too little, too late, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um do you blow this thing up? Do you, you do you trade players away and get get garner assets? Do you do you stick with the players? Um, what what's your recommendation? We're going to see a lot of changes this offseason. and you look at the you look at the free agent list coming up for the Saints, and the, there's some long term names there. I don't know if I blow it up per se, because, I mean, there's still some wonderful talent here to build off of. Uh, you know, Kamara is still a pretty young guy. Uh, you know, if you choose to keep him, uh, you know, a lot of your offensive linemen, you know, obviously uh, Penning is a rookie, but Ruiz, McCoy, Ramchek, they're all still young. Uh, you know, Alave, Shahid, all really young guys. Uh, and then you look on the defensive side, uh, you know, a really exciting young players, especially through the back end. Uh, so I don't know if I blow this thing up, but I do make some, yeah, I, I don't bring back players like David on Yamada. I don't even attempt to, to re-sign Marcus Davenport. Uh, you know, if I can create some shockwaves, I, I'll go back to Camara and I love the guy. I, I, I've loved the guy until this year. Um, Bad year. I wouldn't be against, I, I would not be against trading Alvin Kamara if you get the right be. deal for him. Uh, you know, now blowing the you know, team. We've seen teams blow things up and get rid of players just to get rid of players. Jaguars, Texans, Browns feels like they do that every year, or every couple years. Uh, they would be <laughs> New Orleans would be fools to do that. Because, you know, this is still on paper at least a talented roster. So, you know, again, I'll go back to Kamara, you know, since I just dropped that bombshell. Uh, yeah, it, I would not move a player like that unless I got great assets in return. Right. If I don't, then he is part of my immediate future plans. The other guys, Anyamata, Davenport, hey, thank you for your contributions here prior to 2022. Mm. But good luck in everything else that you do. Uh, yeah, and... Yeah, you, you can, as we know, if Sean Payton comes back to coach, and I think he will, you probably get a couple of draft picks out of that. Uh, you know, so, you know, the, the talent is still here that if you make the right coaching staff decisions and draft extremely smart, you can still retool, but it's a much more massive retooling project than any of us thought coming into this year. Yeah, I, this is completely um, 
just mind-boggling what's happening to this club. Um, I'm going I'm to bring up Tom Brady's name, and I'm going to ask you the following question, three-part question. Tom Brady next year will be, one, the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two, the quarterback for another NFL team, or three, retired. Which one would you bet on? Retired. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have bet the farm on retired. Uh, but Brendan and I had Ken Barrett, uh, the, you know, one of the voices of uh, Buck What You Heard podcast. Tell me you don't love that name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, he was telling me that he thinks that you know, he does not think that Brady is going to be quarterback of the Buccaneers, but he doesn't think that Tom is going to hang it up. You he know thinks he's going? going to put free agent feelers out there. You know where he's going? It's the Tell perfect me. team. They just lost their quarterback to injury. He's mm-hmm. a West Coast dude. Yes. Everything is in play for San Francisco to do in one year exactly what Tampa Bay did when Brady first came over. I would bet the ranch he goes to San Francisco. You know, if Tom Brady is going to play in 2023, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, you know, he's obviously not going to step into a rebuilding situation. So, you know, New Orleans fans, fan, Saints fans that are hoping for something like this, forget it. Uh, he's not going to follow a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Like you said, he's a West Coast guy. Uh, you know, I mean, early in his career, there were all those pictures of him as a little boy in a Joe Montana jersey. Uh yeah, I I can see it. Uh, yeah, but got again, a, to me, he looks like a tired guy. But they got a good offensive line. They got a really good running game. He's got really good wide receivers to throw to, and they have a dominant defense. What else does he need? He can stand back there and still throw it. I mean, I think that's a marriage made in heaven. You are probably right, and unlike the AFC, he doesn't have to worry about a quarterback duel every week yeah. with a guy like Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, etc. Uh, you know, the, the NFC is a conference, and while there is certainly some talent and strong teams uh, in the NFC, uh, you know, it's a conference in flux. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm still leaning towards Tom Brady finally retiring. Maybe that's just me getting my hopes up. But if he plays anywhere, I think you're right. I think it'll be as, uh, with San Francisco. Something to keep our uh, eyes and ears on. Odell Beckham Jr. ends up where? And now there's reports that the Cowboys are saying they don't think he's going to be ready to play by January. Well, if that's the case, then Odell Beckham Jr. is certainly not going to be a Dallas Cowboy. But as far as you know, the, the OBJ tour that he's in the middle of, uh, you know, wouldn't surpri- I think Buffalo seems to be gathering a little bit of momentum. Yeah. I'm still going with the Dallas Cowboys, though. Dallas might be throwing that story out there uh, to maybe scare some teams off. Uh, but, you know, like I said, Buffalo, it feels like Buffalo is gaining a little bit of momentum. Uh, you know, one more weapon there. Uh, but I, I still see him in Dallas if he plays this year. I'm with you. Uh, it's time for our uh, Fearless Five, as Bob Rose each and every week uh, gives us his five best football teams in the NFL after this past week of games, not for the whole season or anything like that. Who's playing the best? Who who does he like the most? Let's start it um, at number five yet again. So, Bob, fifth best team in the league is who? I'm going to go Buffalo Bills, and they narrowly, narrowly edge out a couple of teams. I don't want to give away my entire top five, so I won't say who. Uh, but yeah, you know, at Buffalo, we know what they, they, we know what Josh Allen can do. We know they're a good defensive team. Well, they're getting healthy defensively, 
And lo and behold, Buffalo discovered a running game outside of number 17 and Josh Allen. Yeah. That makes them a really dangerous club going forward. So, yeah, five Buffalo Bills. Let me go over who you had last week, okay? You had um, Philadelphia at five, Miami at four, San Francisco at three, Buffalo at two, and Kansas City at one. So Buffalo's already dropped down from two to five, all right? So give me number four this week. Fans of this show, you know this has been coming. Jordy Holtberg and I have been saying it for three or four weeks. But here come the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, The Bengals just look like a team that's getting stronger and stronger down the stretch. They just beat Kansas City uh, in a whale of a football game. Uh, After some injuries, they are getting healthy as well. Uh, Joe Burrow, for my money, he is the best quarterback in the league. No disrespect to Mahomes is your MVP. I'll take Burrow, and I'll I'll happily take my W on Sunday. Number four, Cincinnati Bengals. I think Burrow's in the discussion for MVP now. I really do. He should be. I really do. I love and and Jamar Chase comes back. They, mm-hmm. you know, they figure out a way to get their best players the ball. They figure out a way. Uh, my my New Orleans Saints still hadn't come up with that that brainstorm of a plan yet. All right, Buffalo five, Cincinnati number four. All right, who's number three? Dallas Cowboys, uh, and I don't like saying it. Uh, but yeah, Dallas. Dallas is doing just enough offensively, and man, that defense will get after you. Uh, you know, I know. You know, they, they have a, a, an All-Pro on the defensive line. Micah Parsons is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Uh, you know, and they have the the kid at cornerback, uh, Diggs. Uh, yeah, that's a. I, I think it's his name, Diggs, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a real playmaker. Uh, but they have more than just star power in Big D now. They have complementary players and players that are making big plays in big moments uh, against something our New Orleans Saints are not doing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dallas is a stronger contender than what I think people believe. Since Dak Prescott got back, they're the highest-scoring team in the league. They've won three in a row. They're on the heels of the Philadelphia Phillies. The Cowboys are now 9-3. and three. Uh, So there we go. All right. Um, again, last week you had at number one, as I go back through my well-kept notes here, you had um, – Oh, gosh, I just passed it up. Hold on. Bear with me. You had the Buffalo Bills number two, the Kansas City Chiefs number one. So we have two new leaders atop the board. Who's number two this week? Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and, yeah, and again, I just... I, I didn't realize you were key, you, you were keeping such good notes. I had a vague idea of who my top five was, but I had them in my head. I had them in the wrong order. So okay. here I am completely flipping the script this week. Yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are moving back up. Uh, yeah, again, they're making plays when they need to make plays. Uh, yeah, and I keep, I've, I've talked about the Vikings when they've been in my top five you know, this year. I've talked about the Vikings on the defensive side. I thought they'd be a year away defensively. But this young defense, they're making plays. They're getting after people, uh, and they're making key plays in the biggest moment of ball games. Uh, you know, and you know, the wide receiving core for the Vikings, along with Dalvin Cook and uh, you know, Alexander Madison, uh, you know, they're just they're they're explosive. They're tough for any defense to contend with. Very good. Uh, that leaves no doubt as to the number one team in football because they've got the best record in football, right? 
Yeah, and that's not why I picked the Philadelphia Eagles as number one. Uh, but the, the Eagles have the best record because they're the best team right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're the most balanced team. Uh, you know, we're seeing we're seeing Jalen Hurts torch people through the air. Uh, yeah, and I don't think we see that kind of thing every single week. Uh, but it gives defenses a lot to think about. Uh, you know, when they go into a game against the Eagles, planning for a very sophisticated running attack. Uh, you know, and now you know Hurts is the type of quarterback that could throw three hundred yards. Of four touchdowns yeah. against you i mean yeah. wow uh they're getting healthy on the defensive line which was a bit of a concern there for a couple weeks they were giving up some you know, uh, uh, some running plays uh but they're shoring themselves up in that way uh you know and th- th- this is this is a strong super bowl contender uh you know it was tough for me i listen i only left the 49ers out because of the garoppolo injury uh you know i, I I, I think that's really going to affect them. Uh, you know, the, the Chiefs, I didn't realize that's where I have egg on my face because I didn't realize I had them as number one. Now I have them dropping out of the top five after a close loss to the Bengals. Uh, but, yeah, there there are seven very strong teams. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the NFL is very top-heavy. You have seven yeah. strong teams yeah. and yeah. then the rest way, way down here. <laughs> I'm with you, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. On the news front today, the Los Angeles Rams have claimed quarterback Baker Mayfield off waivers. They're responsible for the $1.3 million um, uh, on Mayfield's contract. He's going to fly to L.A. today. Could play as soon as Thursday against the Vegas Raiders. Baker Mayfield in the blue and gold of the Rams. How about that? That's going to be weird to see see uh yes. and I, I figured somebody would pick up baker for the stretch run uh yeah i thought it might be a fringe playoff contender looking for an experience backup something that the rams are not but the ring the rams and the 49ers who were rumored to you know be going after baker too the rams are losing quarterbacks left and right uh i do agree with you i think baker will get a chance to play down the stretch maybe strengthen his free agency standing uh because the the, the rams will be absolutely foolhardy to force matt stafford back out there at this stage of the year here's bob rose of the saints news network um apparently lamar jackson is week to week in his uh apparently jimmy garoppolo has avoided the list franc fa- fracture um and it looks a little bit better for him which tells me it's better for the 49ers mm-hmm. um which is a good thing and andrew luck finally revealed why he walked away uh from the nfl um which at at such a young young age, I just I, that's one of those I couldn't believe when that happened. Me too. Uh, it made my jaw drop, and I saw the article in circulation out there, Jordy. I have not had a chance to read it yet, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, it's right up there with Barry Sanders. Yeah, uh, you know, retiring for you know, for people of you know, my my age or your age, uh, you know, for people a little bit older than us, it's right up there with Jim Brown retiring. Uh, yeah, now now Brown and Sanders are bona fide Hall of Famers. I always thought Luck was a little bit overrated, but he was a good quarterback for a contender. Uh, yeah, and to just leave a team high and dry like that, it just I, I I won't lie. My gut, my knee jerk reaction to it at the time was you know, a, 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 a cowardly, selfish act. Uh, you know, I've grown I've grown a little bit, maybe matured a little bit since then. I I, I respect everybody's decision to, to step yeah. away or make a life change. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd be interested in reading that Luck article and seeing I'm what gonna, he has to yeah. say. 
I'm going to read it as well. He's got a pretty good life. He's fishing and you know, yeah. taking care of the daughter while the wife works as a television producer. And he's got plenty of money, so he doesn't need to, to worry about that. It's just um, every it just goes to show you everybody has a Not everybody's a Tom Brady that wants to keep playing and playing and playing. And You're I don't right. think Aaron Rodgers is going to be around much longer. I really don't. No, uh, no, it would not shock me at all if Aaron Rodgers would retire after this year. No. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be I'd be willing to place a heavy wager that he will not be a Green Bay Packer. Uh, you know, hey, holy heck, if, T- if T- uh, TB12 is going to go play somewhere else, uh, you know, why, why, why not AR12 down uh, down in Tampa Bay to replace him? Uh, you know, hey, our Saints are four and nine right here. I'm all in for the chaos. I'm with you. Um, all right, Bob, the season's done. I'm sorry. I've totally yes. uh, divested myself of this debacle. Um, <laughs> and I, I will move on and see what – I just don't – I thought Sean Payton was so smart. I don't know who's making the decisions now, and I don't know if I trust them to make the right decisions. And that's a terrible thing for me to say. I just – but that's how I feel right now. I just don't know who's running the ship. And, and what kind of decisions they're going to end up making. So so we shall see. Um, as always, it's a great Tuesday with you. Uh, we Thank greatly you, you appreciate too. it. And uh, the Saints have a bye this weekend, but we'll think about something to talk to next week. So we'll come up with something. But thank you as always, man. Have a great week and a weekend. My pleasure, my friend. I can't wait to do it again. Have a great uh, week. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network, kind enough to join us yet again. Um, Let's see here. The World Cup is back. You can watch thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3, Cox Channel 19 for Lake Charles listeners. World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles free over the air on Channel 19.2, suddenly Channel 137. That's thrilling World Cup action on Delta Media. Uh, Back with some birthday wishes as we wrap things up on this Tuesday edition of the Jordy Helpert Show. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. All right, the two biggest takeaways from today, Kayshawn Booty staying to play another season at LSU. Jack Besh, another wide receiver, leaving LSU, entering the transfer portal to find another place to go play. Wish them both the very, very best. Thanks to Matthew Bruni of uh, On3.com joining us, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Uh, We greatly appreciate them being aboard. If today is your birthday, December 6th, well, happy birthday from all of us here to all of you there. You share your birthday with the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is 28 years young today. What a... What a basketball player. It is unbelievable how great he is. And where is he now? But happy 30th birthday to Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel. Man, caught lightning in a bottle in one year, won the Heisman Trophy as a freshman. Wow. And then, whew, she. Anyway, Johnny Football. So happy birthday to them. Happy birthday to you. Tomorrow, hump day with Huguenin, amongst many things that we will be 
covering for you. James Mesh in the producer's chair. Thank you, sir. Thanks to all of you for listening in in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. Coming back tomorrow, same time, two to four, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Seek it out. Stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. It's the holiday season. So long, everybody.